Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Wherever you are in the world, welcome back to The Caring Economy with me, Toby Usnick. Today, I'm honored to have my longtime friend, Idris Nichols here. Idris is, in my mind, the sort of uh, the stylist to the stars, the hairstylist to the stars, and tech gurus and business elite. She's a, a native from St. Vincent, but she's been in New York for decades. We'll talk a little bit about that. We won't necessarily reveal all the names of all of her top clients, but uh, Idris Nichols, welcome to The Caring Economy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be part of The Caring Community. Um, economy. economy. You are. You play, you play it forward every day. <laughs> That's part of the reason I'm thrilled to have you because your heart is filled with joy. Thank and you. Thank so you. So hardworking. So Idris, um, I always like to open up by asking my guests on The Caring Economy to tell us a little bit about their personal journey. How did you not only get here now and having a successful salon business, but um, along the way, you had hard knocks and pivots like we all do, and you turned left when you could have gone right or when one group of people was going one way and you went the other. So how did Idris Nichols get here today? Idris Nichols got here today because of a lot of amazing women who raised her. I was mm -hmm. raised by women in the Caribbean. Okay. In the Caribbean, women have to be strong. And you're from uh, the I'm Grenadines. I'm from St. Vincent and the Grenadines, but women had to be strong. I was raised by a really strong grandmother mm -hmm. who was brilliant. She fought for us. She fed us, fought for us, and uh, made sure that we, since she was raising us, my mom was here in America, and she was a nanny mm -hmm. working um, for a family in the Dakota. Oh, wow. So when I came here, here from York. the Caribbean. Uh, so yes. for our listeners that don't know New York, the Dakota, of course, John. Um, yes. I came the John, month before he yeah. passed away. Yeah. I was in that building. Where John Lennon was yeah, assassinated. John Lennon, yes. Mm -hmm. And so my mom worked for a family there, mm -hmm. and they put me to school in the Caribbean. Wow. Yes, they paid for my school and my education. When, and when I came, my mom, mom left because she needed um, more security for us. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, so, um, I came here. Um, but these women were amazing. They, women, just give women a chance and they will raise an mm -hmm. amazing generation of people. Yeah, we hear this and we see this in, um, in civil society groups that if you empower a woman sociologically, they're just more likely to take people along in their journey with them. I don't think that's, always a fair uh, a summary because men can do the same but women have a better no, track black record women, no black, black women, women are, okay. in the caribbean black women in africa black women around the world we raise community of women tell us more about that because they can't rely on their men they, it's very hard to rely historically you can rely on men so basically mm -hmm. women have done the job of both being a mom my grandmother was my mother mm -hmm. my grandmother and my father mm -hmm. and when before she passed, she told me that I will live to be a hundred. Wow. And I said, I don't want that necessarily want that gift, but she said, You're going to be because you're the you're carrying on the generation. Wow. And, and is, so yeah. And is the um is there uh is that where the work ethic comes from as well for you personally or do you want to speak more broadly about the work ethic women? came to my grandmother, mm -hmm. my grandmother and the women who raised me. I, I was able to take my grandmother back to the Caribbean as a, when I had my first job as a successful um, a freelance worker mm -hmm. and she took her back to, to Barbados with me. Mm -hmm. Then to St. Vincent said, thank you for raising me. Wow. And I went, also was able to go back and thank my teachers because mm -hmm. I thought those were important people in my life. Mm -hmm. And I had to make that journey. Even if they were past, I went to their graveside and said, thank you mm -hmm. for being there for me. Because I was a different kind of kid. I was always kind of different. Mm -hmm. And different meant in the sense that we didn't know what that was, mm -hmm. you know, but I was eccentric. Right. Well, tell us a little bit more about that, because I think um, many of us feel sometimes that we're on the outside looking yeah. in in yeah. life. So for our younger listeners in particular, who 
are figuring out their career journeys, mm -hmm. um, probably about your age. How old were you when you came to the States? I was 15 years old. All right, so I came also, I was British educated because mm -hmm. in the Caribbean is a British education. So then I was put back because I was too young. So mm -hmm. I, I was 15, I should have been in the 12th grade. They put me into the 10th grade. Wow. And then I had to work my way up. And then I knew I was graduating without knowing that I was graduating because I had all, I kept going every day. I went down to the, to my guidance council and said, I'm in the wrong class. I've learned this stuff already. But then because they, in America, they, they go with your age, not with what you know. Right. So it's a whole different system. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're, you're arriving in, in the States, probably a little bit younger than some of our, our listeners who are at university mm -hmm. now, but um, words of wisdom uh, for them because they're they want to many of my listeners are tuning in because they want a purpose-driven career a purposeful life as you've led and continue to lead um, any sort of words of wisdom for them about how to do that or what to tune into and what to tune out because um, today it's kind of a little different but I mean for me with young people I love young people and I feel that if you're going to whatever you pursue you must enjoy and love it. Also, if you're gonna pursue a career, you have to learn as much as you can about it. You need knowledge. Mm -hmm. Knowledge is a power and you have to have that knowledge. Mm -hmm. You have to put the time in. You can't just walk out the door and then expect to become the owner of the business. Right. You have to make sure that you put the time in. You have to, um, it should be 24 seven. Mm -hmm. I know most people are not working that way these days, but it has to be 24 seven. You have to live it, yes. eat it, breed it, and give birth to it. Well, so that's how it. That's how it happens. So I think we're probably like-minded in thinking that there really aren't shortcuts. There aren't many shortcuts. You're lucky, luck, like mm -hmm. the lotto. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yes. a dollar and a dream. Not the best investment, though. No. <laughs> exactly. You know, so it's like it's it's about that. You have to really put the time in. Yeah, my my former colleague Sally Sussman, who we've had here on the uh, Caring Economy, she once said to me, and I don't think she was the first to use this expression, but I like it. I'll repeat it here. The harder you work, the luckier you get. Yeah, and you also peep other people looking. It's like I went into like a CVS a couple of years ago, uh -huh. and I went to buy um, something for my son. We need like something for the baby, and I walked in and I said, "Do you know where this this um, product is in the in the in the store?" And she looked and goes, "No." And I looked at her, I said, um, "You work here." I said, "You could be the manager." I said, "And those cameras behind you, I and mean, someone is paying attention to what you're doing." I said, because if they're looking to see that you are hardworking and you really love what you do, you can manage this whole place. I said, yep. don't you want to run this store? Yes. And then maybe some executive walk in and then they take you to the next level. I said, walk around this store with me because you need to know this store. <laughs> we walk, I made her walk the whole store with me. And, and she goes, at the end, she said, thank you. Thank I said, you. because you could be, you could run this and run the corporate. Right. Well done. That, that uh, another thing we like to talk about here on the caring economy. Again, ladies and gentlemen, we have Idris Nichols with us today. She is a very successful hairstylist to, to decades of leaders in business and society. Um, when you took that young lady around the, uh, the CVS, which is a, a, a pharmacy uh, chain here in the in New York area, um, it's all about mentorship, right? Yep. It was a very quick yes. speed dating kind yeah, of mentor, date, but yes. you were really giving her great advice. And she took it well. She took it well. I've always, I'm always like that, though. If I see something going on that needs to be fixed, I will do it. Yeah. You know? So I, I wonder um, uh, how that plays out in your business. But uh, let's first cut to a break, mm -hmm. and then we'll come back. So okay. again, ladies and gentlemen, today on The Caring Economy, we have my friend and colleague, Idris Nichols, who is a very successful hairstylist to 
countless generations of not just New Yorkers, but leaders from around the world, business and social alike. Uh, Idris, when you are in the salon, in the moment with your clients who you can name names if you want, I don't mm -hmm. want to out anyone, so to speak, but um, there's a real trust. There's a trust I've never seen in most businesses between the client and the employee, right? Yeah. And that's your moment to influence and guide people in a compassionate way and in a thoughtful way. And you've done that throughout your career. Is that a fair observation? It's a fair. So um, for me, being behind a chair or in, or in front of uh, behind the camera, wherever I'm working, freelancing or being in a salon, you have to have trust between you and the client. I'm no holes far. Mm -hmm. I speak about everything. They're not supposed to be religion, politics, whatever. But right. I, you know something, for me, that's not a true friendship. Mm -hmm. You can figure out where people are coming from and you can guide them along or you mm -hmm. can listen and you can agree to uh, disagree. Mm -hmm. My thing is that I am willing to talk about anything. Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid of that. Mm -hmm. So I'm open. I'm an open book. But the one thing I will do is I keep the secrets of my clients. How do you keep them? I keep the secrets of my clients who are Oh, in your mind. You don't yeah, write them I in a little dirty book or no, something. No, and I'm, yeah. not, I'm never going to talk to a, a PR person about something or, or a, a tabloid right. or whatever. People have called me for information about people, but they trust me not to ever do that. Correct. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, as I write in the caring economy, I do believe that we are, there is a spectrum right. of caring, right? right? People are somewhere on that spectrum. Businesses are on that spectrum. It's not my role, my responsibility, or necessarily my joy to tell someone they're wrong or right, right. but to the contrary, I like to meet them where they are on that spectrum and then hopefully move them further along to a more responsible, and it works empathetic better that place. Way anyway. oh, it works so much better because my thing is that you can, um, you can, you can have a, a vast disagreement in, in, in politics or whatever, but at the end of the day, my thing is like, you're an American. You can be a Democrat, a Republican, independent, mm. or whatever. Yes. But the idea for me is that we should be able to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Why are we thinking and having the thoughts that we're having? Right. Right. And so, like I said, I told you before, I had a client in my chair. She voted for Trump. I knew she did. Mm -hmm. But we've been having this great conversation the last four years. I still like her. We talked to each other every week. She checks in on me during the week. Mm -hmm. She cares, but she's in this weird way. She's this amazing, smart woman. But I, I still don't understand how she can look at Trump as being this person. Right. right? So you want to understand, right. which is an empathetic place to be. So we, we, we agree to disagree on whatever we, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's like, I think she's coming around. And you trust the dialogue and you value that, which is, I think, what, to your point, that's what this country's you built on. You have to respect on. her voice. I respect her voice. Right. And, and have civil discourse. Right. But I think as a, as a progressive liberal, I think we are like that a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And um, I think most people are not willing. When, when you're very conservative, a lot of times you're not able to listen to other people's mm -hmm. voices. But I think progressive people have always listened to other people's voices mm -hmm. because we this doesn't move the pendulum doesn't move unless you're listening to other people's yes. voices so i, I want to uh, challenge you on that a little bit uh with regard to how you're raising your son but before that <laughs> um when you're talking about the the salon your clients um and we've had this tumultuous year with you know, brianna taylor and george floyd and black lives matter and covid and it goes on and on. All these, we're all being challenged. Mm -hmm. You know, I know you lost a couple of family members to COVID, for which I, yes. I'm sorry. Um, how, how, do you, how do you process that and uh, help us as a society, society move forward from your little chair in your little studio? So, um, do you the go there? Do the you chair, talk about the it? The chair is a big, it being a salon, salons have always been a place. We, we are essential workers. It's a salon's always been a place. We were considered right. essential workers in the turn of the century. Yep. So uh, salons are a place where people talk. 
we touch someone's head and they let go of everything. My thing is like when I put my hands like my grandmother did in people's hair, because she actually um, on the weekends, every Friday, she would do people's hair in the house. Is that where you Press got the it? Hair. Yes, yeah. I, this. I, I loved adults. I never hung out with kids. So very, I would uh, hang out with the people and listen to all lady. those conversations. So I got the idea of this salon being a place of conversation. When I had my salon, the brick and mortar salon, I, it was, I created a space for women to walk in, mm -hmm. introduce people to each other. Mm -hmm. It was a connecting place mm -hmm. for me. And I Community. still do that now. Yes. I connect all my clients. If you're out of work, if you uh, need a, uh, support, mm -hmm. I connect people to each other. Yes. You know, and that's the, the aim for me is to make the salon a place that the Harlem Renaissance was about. Yep. It's about connection. And you do it in a way that's so effortless. It really is a, um, it, it's a gift you have. Um, and I almost feel like I'm seeing it passed out from your grandmother <laughs> to your mom yeah, and you. you know, it's the same thing with my son. It's like how I do it with my son is that I, you have to raise, you have to raise a leader, you know, and you mm -hmm. have to, t but it starts with him loving himself. Mm -hmm. He can't love himself unless I love myself. Right. And so I have to pass that through, mm -hmm. you know, and right now Baz it's difficult. is exceptional. Or Barry, now he's becoming his young man. He's so he's becoming, no longer he's Baz, he's five Barry. Feet tall. And <laughs> right. so you have to, I, he's going to be tall, as tall as um, what the rock. He's yeah. gonna be he's gonna be that tall. He's already five feet tall at nine years old. So how do you raise a child who's gonna be exceptionally tall? Yes. And to be a gracious, you and know, a mixed race child. A mixed as well. race child. Yeah. So when he's with me, he's black. When he's with his, my wife, he's he's other. Yeah. You know, and so you you have to there's a I'm I'm walking a fine line. Yes. You know, so he knows now he's caramel. He yes. goes, I am black. And his Black Lives Matter is really interesting because he's been really <laughs> pulling towards it. Wow. So he speaks on it on a level that, you know, he goes, with the insurrection just happened, he says to me, he goes, you know, it's like going into a store, into a restaurant and being rude to everybody and then expecting them to serve you. Yes. That was his it's take a good on metaphor, it. right? So um, I'm also reminded there when you're talking about the role of the salon for, for women, Black women and other uh, certainly the same for a black men, right? Yes. We've seen so many political campaigns make it a point to visit the barbershop, right? right? There are movies that are made about yes, it. Because, it's because it is a real, it is like a place where church. it happens. It's Correct. a black church or a salon. Yep. You know, it's one or the other. So for, for business leaders who need or want to learn more about engaging and, and really taking to heart the, the whole Black Lives Matter moment, mm -hmm. it's more than a moment actually, for better or for worse, um, what tips might you have for, you know, how do you listen? How do you listen better? How do you affect change? Okay, so I feel like a little beaten up over the last couple of years. I sure. feel like I've been in a very abusive relationship mm -hmm. with um, the president of the United States. So right now I feel like I can breathe again. Yes. But we've been, in, all of us in America have been in this space. And to me, it's kind of like, you have to, it starts by when you walk down the street. And what I do is I say, I guess I'm saying good morning to everyone. I've always said good morning. You're recognizing if you stare humanity. At me, yes. If you stare at me for very long, you should say hello. Right. If, you, if, if you're white and you walk down the street and you see a black person, you're staring at a person. Say hello. Say hello. Yes. It starts by hello. We don't talk to each other. Yes. We don't acknowledge each other at if all. If we're not looking at our phones. <laughs> Thank you. And that's about, we need to look up. Yes. And each we other. We miss so in much. The eyes. Yeah. And I, I don't walk with my phone. I walk down the street and I'm open. You're present. And when I, because you're present, what happens is that people will speak to you. Mm -hmm. So I'm always having these conversations with people on the street, or people saying, hi, how are you? Or I say, I like how you look. I pay attention to how people look, what they're wearing. I, I mean, I, I because I want to smile on my face. During COVID, you need, because we're wearing masks, you need to not stare at people at, in a hole. 
not yes. not partial. Yes. You know, in the eyes matter. Yeah, big time, big time. So, ladies and again, J sorry, ladies and gentlemen, again uh, today on the Caring Economy, we have Idris Nichols, who is a very successful hairstylist, salon person throughout the decades in New York, and um, just a real connector of a person. Idris, so again, looking in the eyes, acknowledging the other, mm -hmm. with quotation marks around it. Um, how does that happen in say a big corporation? The, like does the CEO say, let's let's have a powwow or, you know, it's a tricky thing when you scale it up or is it? I think the CEO also have to come from that place. That they, mindset. They have to also be open. They have to be open and not just because Black Lives Matter should not in, in corporation to me right now, everybody's like take, putting up these logos Flavor or whatever. Month, right? And it's like, I feel like, but what are you gonna do going moving forward? Mm -hmm. Are you going to keep doing it or are you just doing it because you want your, corp your corporation not to be put on some kind of like watch list, mm -hmm. right? Or be checked by yes. Black Lives Matter. So my thing is like, you need to make sure that you are practicing mm -hmm. empowerment of everyone mm -hmm. every day in yep. every facet of that corporation. Uh, that I, I agree with. I also think that part of the reason I love having uh, my guests on who are making decisions about business real time um, is to talk about these issues yeah. because my the George Floyd in particular hit me hard mm -hmm. and I want to not forget that right. I want to hold, hold myself accountable and take people along with me so that's why I'm one of the many reasons so I'm grateful to, to have you here today so if you see a young black person it. in your corporation and you're not just because the problem is that people walk by each other all the time in offices they don't even look pay attention because yeah. they're so busy or whatever but if you see that you should make an effort to seek out people yes. of color diverse BIPOC and black right people now. need to do the same it should be reverse both ways yes and in, in reverse the other yes. way too it can't be just one way well you know it's funny you say that we have uh, a recent guest has been Brian Bowles who's from Johns Hopkins and he was talking about a course that he's starting for um mentoring uh teaching mentees how to be mentees right you have to right like it works both ways and the young person life, who's though. being mentored needs to also remember uh, remember and appreciate and reverse mentor. The only way that this changes is that we have to that's my okay my life in my salon has always been about diversity. Okay. My salon's always been diverse. As a black owned business, but my clients are not black. Not at all. I mean we I know have some a lot more Jewish clients name, name that I have one, right. that I have uh, black clients. I have right. like 10% black people, but yeah. most of my clients have been Jewish or white. Yeah. And they've trust me with their hair. And uh, we've had amazing conversations. Yeah. And I'm real. I I speak real to them about what 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 is going right. on i don't mince words yeah. i hold them accountable for everything that comes out of their mouth and what i say well and you're in a relationship business your clients have been with you for decades yes. right because yes. of that um i i want to have a little fun with you here when i think about um business people uh whether it's fashion tech uh finance uh any without naming names are there any sort of fun takeaways or summaries or stereotypes you might have for you know like the wall streeters are always this way or can't put their phones no, because, down or no, 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 because you can't do that because people okay so if someone comes from wall street that means i have a client who's from connecticut he's basically he's he's a workaholic yeah but when he comes to me i tell him to put his phone down it's yeah and he I say, take that. a break yeah and he, he, he respects that he's one of my favorite people it. yeah because he will and we talk i said we, i said i can't i'm not going to cut your hair if you're going to just um sit down on your phone i'm not doing it yeah. so i just walk away and he's like, okay, okay, and, we, and it, it happens. It gets his attention fast. Yeah, because I think it's, they need a, you need a break. Yes. So did you have, um, I'm, I'm reminded of some of the things you talked about earlier, Idris. Um, 
do you have any sort of tips for work-life balance in, in for leaders who are trying to affect change? What if the one thing that's amazing that COVID has taught us that we can't be running to everything. We don't need to be at everything. To. Right. But now, missing out FOMO. Yes, we're not missing out. We realize we're not missing out right. anything. You people who did not realize they can live without a haircut. Right. They can live without the uh, going to a restaurant. They can yeah. live without traveling to some place that they can actually form a community around them. So, so a you, solid community. Yeah. Like we finally, all of us now have, we have that community and that permission. Going to be, to, if they raise us all up, yes, and you also have that permission to not rush, rush, rush. Thank you, and to be present. So, which is one of the silver linings of COVID. Um, have you had any other silver linings that come to mind? For example, I know that we have, I think, for the better, enhanced digital literacy around the world. My right. my stepfather, who's dying from cancer, is more digitally savvy now and it's really welcome because he lives in texas and i'm here in new york think about it i'm a i'm a dolly partner fan dolly has invested money into moderna right yep the idea for me is that everybody needs to learn from 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 um dolly parton dolly parton is the i mean think about it poverty rise up no hatred in her heart none and a beautiful person yes. and look as young as and she stepped up on black lives matter thank you but i'm just saying she has no integrity Thank you. And what she said, she'd never met a rhinestone she'd left on tour. And she, <laughs> and she was a scarf that has hell and heaven. And when I went to a concert, she goes, this size for when I'm bad and this size for when I'm good. <laughs> the idea for me is that we all have that in us. We just have to make sure that we just step into it. Yes, Dolly Parton also had that famous line, it takes a lot of money to look this it's, cheap. <laughs> thank you. You know, and it's, you know, it's amazing. So to me, the idea for me is that we all can be that. Absolutely. We choose to or not. Yes, and bring it to a conscious level. So again, ladies and gentlemen, today on The Caring Economy, we have Idris Nichols, who's a very successful hairstylist and salon owner in New York. And uh, we'll be right back after this break. Welcome back to The Caring Economy, folks, with Idris Nichols today. And uh, I want to just ask you a couple of final thoughts, Idris. Have you had any, were, were there any aha moments in your life when you knew that there was only one way to go, which was what I would describe as responsible business person. Yes, when I closed my business. Oh, tell us more about 2019, that. 2019. You declared success business. by closing a business. Yes, because That's amazing. I decided that I needed to be me. I had I mentored enough people because I, my business has always been diverse, mm -hmm. diversity in everything. Mm -hmm. I've raised a lot of people, giving their hands. So a lot of hairdressers out there, I opened the doors for a lot of people freelancing. Mm -hmm. I was the only person uh, backstage a lot of time in the 80s. Mm -hmm. um, so I opened those, all those future generation of people that came at, after me. Yeah. Um, and people said, thank you. Some not, but it's all right. Mm -hmm. um, but I realized- but Not yet anyway. And not yet. But in 2019, <laughs> I decided to walk away from my brick and mortar business mm -hmm. because I felt like my, my creativity was being stifled. Mm -hmm. Also, there was a lot of, um, I felt like my best friend had, a, had a, an aneurysm. Okay, that's a real yeah. Uh, her moment, husband, right? her husband. So in March of that 2019, her husband 2018, her husband passed. Is away. that our friend Rosie? Yeah, her yeah. husband passed away. Then she realized because we we helped in children just transition. Then on in June of that year, we went out to Arizona. She was having these headaches, so now she had an aneurysm. Mm -hmm. She could have died on the plane with us. Then at the end of that year, my um, the salon in the salon I worked, the salon I owned, my colorist husband committed suicide. Wow. With those three three events, I realized there's a gloom and a cloud above my head. Mm -hmm. In the Caribbean, we believe in that. Mm -hmm. It was time for me to walk away because mm -hmm. it was telling me something about taking care of me. Mm -hmm. It's about it was more about focusing on me. So you could which, be more helpful to others. Which which now hindsight, someone was some 
some ancestors, ancestor or someone was protecting Looking me over you, yeah. for this moment. Because I wouldn't now, discount that. I, I everybody yeah. who's um, working in the business that I'm working, I'm now working the way that I am. Mm -hmm. But I had a, I had a, and not just your industry. I every mean, it's industry. happening everywhere. Again, Thank with you. COVID, we're all being forced into new ways. But there's good rethink, with that as well. To rethink how we do business, how we work, and what time, the time we put into business, and the purpose behind it, right? Like yes. the community building. Yeah. Um, one last thing I want to do is a shout out to our mutual friend Carrie Chandler. Come and, on, and Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have you on here. <laughs> we, we both uh, coincidentally. Uh, we connected those dots. I worked yeah. with her at Christy. She was our head of HR. Now she's at Endeavor and you, you've cut her hair through the years. And yes. um, she's an amazing woman. She is. She's my, if I'm anything, any decision I have to make with business, I go to her first. Any letters I have to write, I go to her first. <laughs> <laughs> so Idris Nichols, thank you so much for joining us today on The Caring Economy. I want, I'm going to let you have the last word in terms of responsible business practices, the spectrum of caring, the way forward. Um, what do you say to both our major, major corporate executives and multinational firms who are listening in, as well as those young kids starting out in their career journey? I think that we need to all, everyone should read um, to watch the Biden inauguration, mm. listen to all, watch everyone that was on that stage, mm -hmm. listen to that young girl Amanda, who spoke, yes, the because Amanda Laurie. Gorman. Mm -hmm. Also, we need to be able to um, make friendships. Mm -hmm whether you're a corporate owner or working in a store, when you walk into any room, the first thing you do is say, you walk into that room, acknowledge everyone. Mm -hmm. Look them in the eyes. Doesn't matter if the person them. is like beneath you or above you, you look them in the eye mm -hmm. and, you, and you say hello. Mm -hmm. That hello matters. That's the beginning of yes. everything. And the one thing I take away from this, um, this COVID moment is the fact that um, I too could have passed away, mm -hmm. you know, at that moment. And, um, I realized that my friendships matter mm -hmm. and I'm, and the friendships that matter, I decide to work harder on them mm -hmm. and the ones that don't, mm -hmm. I leave them alone. It's beautiful. I also think that that's your legacy and that's what you'll be remembered for. And it's part of the reason I love having on the caring economy today. So again, Idris Nichols, thank you so much for <laughs> joining you, us Toby. today. This is awesome. <laughs> well, let's pay it forward, my friend. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>